The Rudy Giuliani Show. Good afternoon. This is Rudy Giuliani. And we will, and we will. Unfortunately, we're getting many of those in New York and in America, where it is obviously false, but they go ahead with it anyway. <clears throat> now that you've gotten even more details about this case with Mr. Alba, it is quite certain that this is a man who did what was necessary to defend himself against a uh, completely unjustified attack. And uh, since uh, they invaded his property, came behind, wanted him to give them this item for nothing, uh, she enforced that by bringing, you know, a, the strong man, uh, the guy that was going to beat him up. Uh, the guy has the look that would frighten you, which you have to encounter. He's got the background, seven, eight, uh, arrests. He's got. He's on parole as usual. Of course, he's a gift to us from the uh, from the Democrat Party uh, policy of uh, being nice to criminals and bad to uh, victims. And they sure proved it in this case. The victim got charged with murder by Alvin Bragg. And, and this, you know, this this is a very uh, terrible thing to happen. But it's a very good thing that it came out. This is going on every day. You want to know why under Adams we're up 40% in crime or why New York State in general, which I just had occasion to, 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 to go around with my son Andrew, is up in crime. It's, it's this. It's the combination of the insane no bail uh, Cuomo Hochul laws, which Adams and Hochul do not seem to have the leadership uh, qualities to, to change, even though the whole state wants to change. That, that usually should lead to their being changed. But in any event, that doesn't happen in brainwashed New York uh, or brainwashed Chicago, for example, or Philadelphia or all Democrat cities with this terrible crime problem. And now, it, now what we know is going on, and, and, uh, and it's going on for lots of individuals we don't make a contact with because sometimes we can't empathize until a human figure is presented. Just when you see this Mr. Alba, you realize immediately what... what, what how are you going to defend yourself? Well, we're going to have on uh, after uh, uh, in a very short while, a few minutes, um, a gentleman named Adam Coleman. Now, Adam has written uh, an absolutely superb uh, first-rate account of all of this, and it, um, it, it, it really analyzes where we are right now. But when you look at it, when you look at it, I mean, it really is... It really is. Um, I don't even. I don't even quite know how to describe where we are now. I mean, I've been through all kinds of crime and all kinds of um, all kinds of situations involving uh, crime, and I've never seen it like this. I've never seen law enforcement people so pro-criminal and so 
so unfair. So unfair. I mean, it, it really makes uh, it really uh, makes no uh, no sense at all. Uh, the, this gentleman asked that there be no that there be no no trouble, no problem. Uh, he didn't want a problem, and instead he was pushed up against the wall, uh, clearly uh, about to get um, a beating that, at his age, could have led to uh, to his death. And he defended himself. Now that's a hero. I don't know why it's taking so long to drop these charges against him, and I don't know why, I don't know why the mayor is so timid about it with regard to Bragg. Well, I don't know a lot about the mayor. I have found that um, I have found that rather than trying to deal with the objections that I have or the or the questions that I raise, all of which are are, are quite uh, relevant since I know a hell of a lot more about policing than he does, uh, he, he becomes personally offensive, you know, accuses me of being a racist, accuses me of lying. Uh, this is a guy who supported me, by the way, when I was the mayor and said I did a much better job than David Dinkins. that interesting? But in any event, the guy needs help, and he should reach out anywhere for help. I mean, he's, he, he's, he's allowing his citizens to be abused, killed, beaten, raped, robbed. The shootings are down slightly. The murders are down slightly. And everything up is up astronomically. Uh, and, and it's everything else that really affects you, which is why the city is in a state of fear. Nobody wants to go on the subway except him. Uh, and he's not made a connection with the people. It's not as if he's gotten their confidence. If anything, it, he's down to 29% approval. He's... Um, if he keeps doing these silly things like asking that I be prosecuted for filing a, uh, for signing a piece of paper that I actually didn't sign at that point. After he said it, I signed it. Because it's true. And there were witnesses to it. And he should apologize for what he did. He also should apologize, even whatever he was going to say, for interfering in the prosecution. That's a, that, that should be an offense that takes you out of office. But I mean, you know, this is Democrat New York and even the New York Post protects him. Uh, but this uh, Coleman, this uh, Adam Coleman, when he, when he comes on later, I think he'll be able to put this in a very, very good uh, perspective for us. Uh, let me cover one or two other things before we get, you know, we get back to that with Adam. Um, the whole issue of, of Biden's fitness has come up again big time. I see, it, I see it covered on about four or five shows. There was an article about it in the Post. Um, uh, let's let's listen to the let's listen to the um, to the soundbite, and maybe the one that we'll use is the is the number three one, and see what see what we think. Okay. Majority writes, and I quote: "Women, I mean, it's a quote now from the, the majority. Women are not without electoral or political power. It is noteworthy." that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. Women are not without electoral and or political or, or maybe precise, not and or or political power. I mean, I don't think that was so bad, actually, from what we've gotten out of it. I don't know that I understand it, but I've, I never really completely understand it. I, d I didn't understand him 35 years ago when I met him. And, it, and he was introduced to me by a law school classmate of his who now probably sucks up to him like crazy because he's a big damn 
who has written a phony letter himself. Uh, but he told me, he told me that uh, he's the dumbest guy. He said, this is, this is hilarious. He said, you got to meet this guy. You meet this guy, you're going to want to run for senator in Delaware. And I said, but why would I want to run for senator in Delaware? He said, because the dopiest guy in the state could get elected. And he did. And he was the dopiest guy in a law school class. He told me something about plagiarizing in order to get around the dean's wife. Uh, said, but you're going to like him. He's a good guy, a lot of fun. I met him. It is true. He, for a long time, he appeared to be a good guy, a lot of fun. Uh, worked very su successfully with him on the crime bill that he's now abandoned and turned his back on. Um, always knew he was... I, I always described him as one of the dumbest people that I knew. Uh, got concerned when he got a little nasty. Uh, it was almost like there's no other way he could approach it because he's so dumb. He had to be nasty with uh, Bork and then eventually with Clarence. Uh, but then when, when this evidence was presented to me five, four or five years ago now, I honestly was shocked. I never thought of him as, of a, as a crook. Maybe if I had thought of him as a crook, I would have thought of him as a minor crook. Never anything major because he wasn't smart enough to be anything major. Now, I've said to people, you know, he's the dumbest guy I know. He's, and they say to me, well, isn't he one of the richest dumbest guys you know? I said, yeah, yeah, probably right. I mean, I see the 31 million from China, the 3.5 from Russia, the 14 from Ukraine, the, the ones I, you know, you have to add them all together to count, to really count up. But I mean, uh, you can be stupid and be a crook, I guess. Now, let's, uh, let's, look at the, let's listen to the, let's listen to the difficulty in the Democratic Party as to whether they want the reigning president of the United States to run again. That would be, I think, number six. If he served out, served out a second term, he would be 86 years old. Um, I'm not sure if any of us know of any 86-year-olds who should be running the entire country. You know, I'm not going to weigh in on whether or not he should run. If he does run, he'll have my support. Sheep. Bah, bah, bah. AOC, that other one, Elon Omar, they want to defund and destroy Israel. What do the Democrats say? Ba-ba-ba-ba, black sheep, have you any wool? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All that you want to rip from me. Wow. Wow. It has become a useless political party. Well, no, no. It's become a very, very dangerous instrument of the uh, long-term 150-year goal of the Communist Party to destroy uh, capitalism to destroy God, to destroy parenthood, to destroy decency, and to create an immoral or amoral world that they control. And that's what they're talking about when they talk about the new world order. For that, they have been extraordinarily patient, waiting for the right combination of uh, completely nitwit president and uh, people surrounding him, some of which are equally stupid, uh, some of whom uh, uh, can have arrogant uh, attitudes and, and, and ideologies that, which I think makes them smart and some of which are confirmed Marxists and communists. You put them all together and America is on the road to Marxism, communism. Well, this is Rudy Giuliani. We'll take a short break, maybe a little earlier so we have a little more time with our guest. America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Welcome back. You are listening to the Rudy Giuliani Show. And don't forget, I'll be bringing you my final thoughts at the end of the show. 
And uh, I'll be taking calls also at 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. I want to give a very, very sincere welcome to Adam B. Coleman, who's the founder of Wrong Speak Publishing and author of Black Victim to Black Victor. I read his uh, column in today's New York Post. I urge it on you very strongly. And then I read it through two or three more times because I thought it was one of the more important things I'd seen written about this, if not the most important about this particular Alba case. And I'll have him describe it to you in his words. It's silly for me to do it. He's going to do a better job. Adam, uh, tell us uh, sort of basically what was concerning you and, and, and what you were trying to convey in the article, which, by the way, is superbly well done. Congratulations. Thank you. And first, let me say thank you for having me on. I really do appreciate it. Um, what I wanted to convey is I think the protection of the people within the city of New York is extremely important, yet it doesn't seem important to the people who are in charge. Um, I'm watching the government, the city government, that basically takes other interests uh, higher in priority, or they're giving excess empathy to criminals. Um, and especially in a time where there's bail reform, I found it very interesting that they would initially give them a half million dollar uh, bail to get out of jail for defending himself, but they're looking for every excuse to let career criminals out. Uh, and speaking of which, the guy who initially assaulted Alba was out on parole. Um, so apparently it doesn't really matter to someone like him uh, when he's on parole and he's willingly uh, assaulting someone. Um, he wasn't there initially for the altercation, yet he willingly came there to continue it. So uh, I ultimately wanted to highlight how there is a huge failure when it comes to protecting people within the city. Uh, you know, there's mass exodus coming from the NYPD because of demoralization. And I wanted to ultimately ask the question towards VA Bragg, what should have Album done? Yeah, you know, that's an excellent question. In a, in, yeah, when someone's in a situation where they're being assaulted, the person's clearly bigger than them, they're in a corner and they're trying to get out, what should he have done? Should he have taken the beating and just hope that the guy took some merchandise and leave? Or should he have just risked being killed? Because people get killed who are unarmed all the time. So um, what should he have done that would have been suitable? Should he have left in handcuffs or in a body bag? A fascinating, I mean, that's a fascinating question. Uh, his, 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 only, his only choice was to be a punching bag, right? Uh, or, or worse, we have, I mean, we have no idea what they had in mind. I did. She, she did have a knife available, which she eventually used. You know, I was a little confused at first as to when Alba got first knifed, but I gather it was during that that situation that she knifed him. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure Yo, at what yeah. point she had knifed him. But I mean, he yeah. definitely has. He definitely has knife wounds, and and I understand that the infections are getting worse because. I mean, Rikers is another whole story, uh, Adam. You know, yeah. uh, what, if, this keeps me up at night and really uh, it comes about as close as anything making me cry because I, I left this city with the Rikers that had uh, solved violence by 90% and had been had listed as the best public jail in the United States. And uh, there's, no, uh, there's no reason for this. There's absolutely no reason for it. And what is the reason for it? How, how, how have we become advocates of criminals? Not fairness for criminals, but advocates of benefits for criminals. Um, 
You know, I think it depends on who it is. But it, to me, it sounds ideological. Um, and, I, and I really do think that there is empathy that's being weaponized. Um, they're allowing their empathetic feelings to go towards people um, who are basically locked up. And they've turned people who are criminals, which there are, there are situations where someone is locked up who is innocent, and they yeah, should sure. be advocated for. Of course. But when you try to paint that scenario, which is not the common scenario, as to being the whole picture, and you do everything possible to lump everybody in with that, that's when you make a dangerous society. And that's what we're seeing today. So, you know, I'm not one of these people who just thinks that, uh, you know, you should lock everybody up. I do think right. that we should actually have some sort of reform to treat people fairly. But at the same time, we should punish people who deserve to be punished. And when you're allowing people to break the law multiple times a day uh, and, and allowing people who were dangerous to come back out and assault other people in a short span of, uh, short span of time, to me, that doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem right. But ultimately, you know, when people, most people are law-abiding, right? And when the law-abiding people are trying to fight back and protect themselves, in a city like New York, where they're highly dependent on the NYPD, and they're leaving, and I understand why some of them are leaving, uh, you're, it's incredibly difficult for you to get a gun. And the state of New York is actively fighting people to get a gun. And when someone like Jose Alba who can't get a gun, who has a knife on him to potentially stop someone from doing exactly what uh, Simon had done to him, and he uses it, the city punishes him. And thankfully, it got eyes on this particular situation, and maybe it gives the city some pause. But imagine if we didn't know about it. Imagine if media outlets didn't know. And even more so, imagine if there was no camera footage. And it oh, my goodness, if there's no camera footage, I think all the witnesses would be against him, too, with the girlfriend and... I mean, who knows how much of the truth she's telling, right? Exactly. It would be, too, it would be a witness against him. It would be all hearsay, uh, and it would definitely go down to trial. At least right now, there's a possibility that, um, I, actually, I don't know if it's going to happen, but there's a possibility that the charges could be dropped, right? You know, the governor, without, the, governor, the governor could do something short of, of removing him, which, by the way, the New York Constitution doesn't just give the power to the governor to remove a prosecuting attorney. It tells him, the governor that the governor should remove a prosecuting attorney who's not properly prosecuting the law. So it's a little more of an obligation and duty that she's avoiding here than just, oh, she can do it. But she can also supersede him. So she can say, okay, Mr. Bragg got too heavily involved in this one emotionally. I'm going to take the DA from Apikinga County, Onondaga County, and I'm going to put him there. I have him look at it. I'm going to have him make an independent determination of whether this case should go forward. At a minimum, she should have the courage to do that. Well, that's the thing. This, now we're talking about team politics. Um, you know, and like I said, I think this is, this is political and it's ideological. Um, and Bragg is probably going to stay in his position no, bad, no matter how badly he'll turn out. But um, I think... Ultimately, the, if we keep going down this direction, Bragg is going to be like Chester Boudin in San Francisco. Right. Um, and if that's the case, I hope he gets booted out of, uh, booted out of his position like Boudin. Uh, but we'll see. Well, let's hope so. He's got uh, a long way to go, though, because he's going to end up sitting there going to trial. If he goes to trial, 
They might convict him, and you're not going to get a Republican. Well, you could have a Republican governor pardon him in less than a year. Uh, I've I've presided over 3,000 pardons, 2,000 for President President Ford, Reagan, and and, and, uh, so I had some opinions on the pardons for Trump, but I never got involved in them. But uh, I know pardons. This is this is a definite case for a pardon. I mean, the governor yeah, could do I that agree. too. And exactly. Um, but ultimately, I want to say I don't think this is a this is a, a partisan issue um, when it comes down to Jose Alba. He's a no, no, he's nor do I. Nor do I. I'm sorry, we got a hard break, Adam. You're, you're going to be on again. You're excellent, and people should read Black Victim to Black Victor and 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 keep up with the founder of Wrong Speak publishing. This is a very, very intelligent man. Thank you very much, and thank you for your observations. And we'll be back in a very short while. The former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Rudy Giuliani, back with the Rudy Giuliani Show. And I thought that interview was uh, was fascinating. That article just caught me, and I thought, I thought particularly raising the question what would you do in that situation? What I didn't mention uh, with him, and I had found actually quite, um, quite astonishing, that he, uh, and it said to me the man knows policing, was to show the response times and how they've changed so dramatically under these two horrible mayors. Response time, which I know is not uh, understood really well, was a factor of, um, of, of com- uh, of Comstat that I used quite a bit. I used it for several reasons. I used it because it, it saves lives. I mean, if you think of it in the EMS context, anybody we can get to within three or four minutes of a heart attack, our chance of sa- their saving them goes up astronomically, and after that it keeps steadily going down. And that's why, we, that's why I always tried to keep the streets as clear as possible. That's why I merged the EMS with the uh, police department. That's why we took courses on how to get there faster, but in a crime situation, same thing. The shooting can sometimes take place really fit, uh, quickly, and if the policeman can get there on time, but that's asking the policeman to jump into the problem. Now, I'm going to tell you something about police psychology that uh, this gentleman understands and that most of the people who govern us wouldn't have the foggiest idea because most of the people that govern us are not cut out to be leaders. They don't think like leaders. They think like ass, you know what, because that's how they got there. That's how they came up the corporate or business or political ladder by kissing someone's backside. So they don't think like leaders. Leaders think like this is the object we have to achieve. This will make things better for people. Here's how we marshal the forces to get there. And there are going to be some people along the way that's not going to like us. Because if we got a bad situation, there are bad people that are keeping it that way, and we're going to have to kick them in the backside and get them the hell out of there, and they ain't going to like us. Okay? If, if you go into a difficult situation, you're never turning it around if you want to be a popular guy. Could be a bit of Adam's problem. Could be. Uh, but it doesn't work for a leader. You don't win wars being a nice guy. And this is a war. Uh, first, the city council, you know, last week was slapped down on letting – Illegal people vote. Do you believe I actually just said that? I don't know. I should record some of these. It would be like a movie of some kind. I want to once again, uh, because I think the funeral was yesterday, uh, or the day before yesterday, 
to Gianno Caldwell. I want to extend my, my, my heartfelt sympathies. And I interviewed Gianno for, for my podcast, and I, I find him to be one of the very, very brightest uh, stars in terms of comment, commentary politics. Um, and to see his son, his, his brother, shot in Chicago, a good boy. So it's, it's, it's to give, um, I guess, reason for why we spend so much time trying to point out every week how many people died in Chicago with a prayer. It goes along with a prayer. God, let them see the way, please. They've been brainwashed. They've been they're brainwashed Democrats. 30 years of Democratic control, and the weekend is a war zone. And you lose some very, very good people. And Gianno, I heard you. I heard you say to Lawrence today that if your brother's death could, you know, be the turning point here, it would mean something, and it would. And I, I hope it is. I hope your family. I hope your family finds a way to uh, accept this as the will of God. Hardest thing in the world to do. Easiest thing to say, hardest thing in the world to do. But God bless you, and any support you want from me, you have it. Because there's no one that respects you more than me. I see something in you. I do. Told that to a few people, and one of them became head of the FBI. Hmm. You'd be a heck of a lot better than that guy, by the way. Another one, a federal judge. Hmm. Another one became head of the FBI. Whoo! Was that a mistake? <laughs> But I didn't see the same thing in him. Uh, let's see if we can go to some of our calls. We've got a few, I think, some really, really good ones. Uh, why don't we try Ginny uh, to start with? Hello. Uh, most people now see the threats we face as citizens and individuals in our cities. But the entire country is in a similar threat worldwide. The World Communist Movement, they're working with various terrorist groups, their control of uh, our media, our schools, or the influence in our media and schools. And they were red flags all along the way. Several decades ago, the Soviet-controlled, trained leader of the American Communist Party openly stated and wrote, best way to help the cause of communism is through the Democratic Party. Clinton's mentor was a SDS communist named Michael Lerner. Bill Clinton, as a student, visited the Soviet Union and stayed at the home of the founder of the Czechoslovak Communist Party. Hillary did her thesis on her friend, a Marxist, Saul Alinsky. Obama's mentor was a Soviet agent named Frank Marshall Davis. So this American uh, Communist Party, controlled by the Soviets, also worked to get Clinton, Obama, and Biden elected. Obama admitted and wrote that he sought out the most radical Marxist professors, Biden, Obama, and Hillary sent high-powered weapons to the drug cartels. They sold 20% of our uranium to Putin. Hillary and th that whole crowd gave uh, missile technology to Putin. So, so uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, what's He's the re Why are they do? Are they? Are they? Do they prefer? Do, I mean, let, let's put Biden aside. Uh, frankly, Jimmy, right now he wouldn't know what he was doing, and when he was 35 years old. I don't know if he could spell communism. He was, I, mean, you can't, you, I don't know if you know how stupid he really is. He's ha-ha, jokingly stupid. But in any event, these other people aren't. They're very bright. Do, do people like the Clintons and people, do they actually sit back and, and are 
just hoping for the new and what do they think they're going to get out of it? Well, they're going to be fabulously wealthy. They're going to have a lot of influence. The globalist and the communist. The globalist are like the capitalist world government crowd, highly influential. And the communists are internationalists. So you have internationalists and globalists. It's the same thing. And they're working together now more openly and more obviously than ever. I mean, they could send us a virus that changes how we vote. We get a president who gets elected. He won the election, but he's out of office because of voter fraud and all kind of other uh, other plots and schemes. These were all red flag warnings to us. So conservatives complain about red. The liberals, too, complain about the red flag warnings about these crazy shooters. We've been having red flag warnings about the communists for a hundred years. I, on the radio for 34 years, exposed Soviet operations here and in the world. Before me, there were other people. This is something that we should not be in this position. The people in charge were clueless and or working for the enemy. And this is why I keep telling people they, they have to get those books by Diana West or at least look at her interviews on the Internet. The, what she exposed, the communists worked to get uh, 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 Trump out of office. Trump exposed all our enemies because all our enemies united to stop Trump. And you can see now the drug cartels. The KGB mafia, the communists, Iran, the terrorists, all worked to get Trump out of office, and they succeeded. Well, they did. And I mean, they created. Are responsible. They created a uh, uh, an of terror in terms of uh, being able to talk about uh, voter fraud. By doing that, people don't learn. Uh, so this is going to give me an opportunity to inform people that the highest court of the state of Wisconsin, in a four-three decision. Uh, decided that the election uh, laws in uh, Wisconsin were illegal and unconstitutional, including the election laws that were used in the 2020 election. Um, This is a complete repudiation of the election. When you look at the numbers, which I know intimately from from the other evidence we have in Wisconsin, this this would change the result of the election in Wisconsin by a nice uh, hefty 50, 60,000 votes, Biden had won by 20. And um, of course, I don't think you're going to see this decision anywhere. I'm, I don't know, you can see it on Fox. It's written by the Supreme Court of Wisconsin. And we all you keep losing in court, you keep losing in court. Well, this explains some of the reasons why the, the the, the Trump folk were losing in court. The judges weren't taking the witnesses and listening to them to find out what happened. Let me explain the law here to you very simply, because this is an easy case. Wisconsin traditionally, because of its Lafollette backgrounds and old-time progressive background, I guess a lot of reasons, probably is the state in the union that has the most disdain for, for uh, paper or absentee ballots. They feel... They feel that they are uh, always abused and can easily be abused. If you, if you uh, have voting spread out over a long period of time and you can do it by ballot and you ca- start reducing the indicia of uh, identifying yourself, a lot of voting and a lot of vote cheating can go on. That's the way Florida did it for years before DeSantis broke it up with cheating in Broward and in Palm Beach County. If an election was within 2%, they'd call for a stop. And then all of a sudden they feed new ballots into into Broward and and uh, and Palm Beach. Uh, 
2020 gave them a much larger scope of opportunity for misusing paper ballots because the 220,000 paper ballots in Pennsylvania all of a sudden turned into something like 1.8 million paper ballots. With 8 million paper ballots, you can do lots of things, including going to a printing store, having a printer print up uh, extra ballots for you and marking them off and just putting them in. Now, why would I think they did that? Why would I think that they put dirty paper in with the good paper? Because uniformly, the Democrats must have spent millions of dollars and lots of time and effort to make sure the Republicans never got to see that paper. Even though the law in each one of these states would have required it, and they were able to, by, by, by uh, hushing the courts up and by getting them out on, uh, on these I issues of prematurity, and they never heard a witness. They never heard a single witness. So now the Supreme Court of, the Supreme Court of Wisconsin, which had, which had turned down our argument on similar grounds to, as this one, a little different, but on similar grounds, by a four to three margin, has now reversed itself and has turned down the laws, same laws, four to three. Now, the change is, the change is, uh, is, hard, is hard to see. What has changed? Nothing has changed. Except you don't have to reverse a presidential election. You see, because the law in, in Wisconsin is brutal. The law in Wisconsin says, as, with regard to absentee ballots, there are only two ways you can cast an absentee ballot. It goes on to say explicitly, if you do it any other way, the vote is null and void. It must be taken out of the system. So you lose your vote by not having there following the proper procedures. And um, the, numbers, the numbers in this, in this White House case were 539 lock boxes that were illegal. Uh, exact number of votes affected, I don't remember, but it was in, this, in the same range as uh, as was put through a separate analysis as uh, 2,000 mules, uh, and a, a, a net conclusion that Trump had wanted pretty, pretty ha handily if he had used the proper rules. So some people say, well, these rules are just nitpicking. I mean, the fact that you have to show ID, that's just nitpicking. I mean, the fact that you have to live in a certain district and vote only there but not someplace else, that's just nitpicking. No, no. That's uh, after hundreds of years of analysis. That's the conclusion of people who seek to remove the indicia, the indicia, I-N-D-I-C-I-A, the indicia, the indications of fraud from an election so people can trust it. Like um, the old days in New York, there'd be a bus, be filled with 50 guys that would go from, particularly up in Harlem, Bedford-Stuyvesant, would go from polling place to polling place, you could see it was the same guys, they pull out a different ID and vote for the fifth time that day, for the sixth time that day, for the seventh time that day. Now, the benefit of that was you didn't have that much you could play with. You know, in an election with 200,000 uh, paper ballots, you're not, you're not going to do anywhere near as much cheating as one with two million. And ballots were, bringing in, were being brought in left and right. First of all, pretty uniformly as far as I can tell, and certainly in the big cases in the crooked cities where they concentrated this, Republican was never allowed to see a single paper ballot. 
That's a little excessive. 700,000 in Philadelphia will put in boxcars 20 to 30 feet away. And that was, okay. that, that was considered present. And the uh, same uh, political decision in the Supreme Court of Philadelphia took place that you would expect. They accepted the fact that, pre- that catch this one for a completely illogical, good indication of corruption. The law of Pennsylvania says the poll watchers have to be present whenever the voters are being, the votes are being tallied. Uh, and they say, well, present's good enough. You can be 100 yards away watching television. You're present. Now, present has a meaning in that statute. And the meaning of it is that you have a chance to inspect for your client, for your candidate, to make sure they were treated fairly, as we saw when they did the chads in Florida. But no, 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 that's all, all been changed now. Now, they just count the paper so fast you can't even see what you're doing. And the lawyers who tracked this for us in Philadelphia count up about 732,000 ballots like this. They didn't want anybody to really take a good look at, at this piece of garbage uh, uh, paper they were using. And uh, they were bringing it in from out of state. And they did everything they could to keep Republicans away, including the most traumatic of all, which is to refuse to, to, to honor uh, Corey Lewandowski and Pat Bondi's subpoena to get to see it. She was eventually given one. They weren't allowed in. They were allowed in after, after they reestablished their counting again, and uh, uh, things looked better. However, they never got to see the paper at all. In Georgia, we had a furious fight over the paper. Furious fight. Almost had it. This thing is coming apart, ladies and gentlemen, just as G6 gets wilder and more uh, like the reign of terror than ever before. Uh, the criteria for a stolen election is starting to look a lot more solid than ever before. This is Rudy Giuliani. I'll be back after the break. Rudy Giuliani. Former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani uh, back with uh, the Rudy Giuliani Show and the mayor's final thoughts. Today, my final thoughts uh, turn to uh, the decision in Wisconsin. This is now the second major analysis of Wisconsin, one from a former and very, very respected Supreme Court justice that found massive fraud in Wisconsin and is now, uh, like me, in some stage of a disbarment proceeding. Uh, That's outrageous. And now the court has decided that the main statute under which uh, Biden was elected was unconstitutional and unconstitutionally unfair. And when you look at the uh, counties involved, and the court doesn't get into this, the counties that benefited the most were Democrat counties, and they were funded separately and privately by millions of dollars from, from, not George Soros, from, uh, from Zuckerberg. And they were put in areas of the district that had prohibitively high Democrat uh, turnout. So how this doesn't result in this election being a fraud, I don't know. Now, when they accused the president of saying the word fraud or stolen election, and he did it just to work the people up into a frenzy, that would have some merit if the president didn't truly believe and have a basis to believe that uh, there was a stolen election, and he was uh, vindicating the people from that so that it wouldn't happen again. This is the same thing they did with Russian collusion, and and therefore said he was obstructing justice. 
just bear with me for a moment. Suppose uh, you did not commit the crime of bank robbery, and you found out that your best friend was going to go into court and was going to say that on a certain, certain day you committed a bank robbery with him. He had some kind of a doctored-up picture. He had another two other people to do it. And I think you'd call him pretty mad and say, hey, best friend, you're not my best friend. You better not go say that. That's a big damn lie. da 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 it could get close to what people would regard as, uh, you know, obstruction of justice or trying to get him to lie. Or Now we change the scenario. Suppose you're perfectly innocent and this group of people like Democrats is trying to frame you for a crime you didn't commit. And you find out that your best friend is turning against you and is going to go into court and say that you were part of the, part of the bank robbery and is going to produce some evidence to support it, stuff he made up. Well, if you or your lawyer have a pretty harsh conversation with them, you know what they call that? They call it defending yourself. Of course, you can try to persuade someone who wants to lie about you not to lie about you. Well, that's what was going on back in the uh, old days with the, with, with, with the trial. Those weren't obstruction of justices when he was saying to people, read that, read that, you'll see, you'll see, you'll see, you'll see the crime, you'll see what they did. He believed that. He was right. And then he tried to be right. It turned out that the worst attack on our rights and the history of our government took place under the Democrats in an impeachment of a man for, 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 a, uh, for something he didn't do, trying to prosecute him for something he did not do. And it was proven by tapes and recordings and any which way you wanted to, but they wouldn't listen to it. Just like they're doing now with J6. They will not listen to the fact that the president had nothing to do with the planning of it. They're going to try to stitch together little things here and there and some lies and come up with something that you can hang your hat on that is totally ridiculous. Totally and absolutely ridiculous. But get out this decision of the Wisconsin Election Commission and read it. Read the parts of it that have to do with the election. Some of it gets very technical about standing and something like this. There's a statute in Wisconsin and even a dimwit Democrat like Biden could understand this, okay? And it's very simple and very simple to read and understand with regard to an absentee ballot. With regard to an absentee ballot, there are only two ways to vote it. A voter must personally mail, one way, personally mail. You understand what that means, right? You've got to put it in the mail. You have to put it in the mail, personally. Or deliver it in person. Okay, two ways to do it. Put it in the mail. Delivered in person. Uh, you can't, uh, you, uh, and you have to do it to the municipal clerk. So putting it in a lockbox is not a municipal clerk. As the judge said, you cannot give it to an inanimate object. It must be given to a human being. But we're going to have more on this because the fraud on the election is coming out fast and furiously, and the censorship media is cracking down even further. But it's going to come out, and it's going to be all out. God bless you. God bless America. God is watching out for us. And thank him tomorrow morning.